This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. Today in Congress... As Speaker of the House, I solemnly and sadly open the debate on the impeachment of the President of the United States. The House began hours of debate on two charges to impeach President Donald Trump, obstruction of Congress and abuse of power. The arguments veered from... This is the most unfair, politically biased, rigged process that I have seen in my entire life. To... He has shown us he will continue to put his selfish interests above the good of the country. We must act without delay. Trump denies the charges, but the vote is scheduled for tonight. And all signs show that Democrats have enough support in their party to impeach the president. It's a historic moment. They will always say next to his name in the history books that he was one of three presidents in the United States who've been impeached. But impeachment doesn't mean removal. Whether the president is actually removed from office is determined by the other chamber of Congress, the Senate. And since Republicans have a majority in the Senate, this will be the first time they control this impeachment process. There are open questions about what the next phase of the process will look like. Some aspects are clear, but others are still under negotiation. And all of them will be the focus of intense political maneuvering. Today on the show, what to expect from the Senate as it hears the case against President Donald Trump. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. And I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Wednesday, December 18th. Hello. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, let me just turn these headphones around. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> um, ask me Friday. <laughs> That's my answer usually like every week. Lindsay Wise has been covering Congress for a while. And right now, she's never seen so many cameras on the Hill. I feel like the soundtrack to it is a clicking cameras. <laughs> um, there's a lot of cameras up there right now recording history. The historic vote today in the House is one thing the cameras captured. But there's more to come, because impeachment is the end of one process and the beginning of another. People get confused. They think it means that the president's being kicked out of office. What it means is that he's being charged with essentially high crimes and misdemeanors, specific allegations of doing something that should disqualify him from office. So in some ways, it's best if you're thinking about it in the context of sort of like court language. It's like... He's being charged with a crime. And the House of Representatives is sort of the prosecution that is putting forward the charges. Right. The House filed charges against the president um, with these impeachment articles. And then those charges go over to the Senate, where the Senate will hold a trial and decide if he is guilty or acquit him. If he's guilty, they'll be essentially voting to remove him from office. The Constitution doesn't give many guidelines for how this should all play out. So it's up to senators to set the rules of the trial. And setting those rules only requires a simple majority, just 51 votes. 
And the senators don't have many reference points. So, you know, there's only a few examples to look at in the past for how this has worked. Um, One of them was back in the 1800s. I was President Johnson. But then the other was President Clinton, which is in 1999. If those two other examples have any sway here, the trial will sort of look like any courtroom trial. Impeachment charges aren't the same as criminal charges, but there will be a judge, a prosecution team, a defendant's team, and a jury. Who will be the judge? So the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, Chief Justice John Roberts, will be the judge. And he'll sit sort of at the front where the person presiding over the Senate usually sits. It's like a high desk. And he'll wear these special robes. Special robes? There's like different robes than what he normally wears in the Supreme Court? When I've talked to senators who were there for Clinton, they keep talking about how, you know, kind of profound it was to see the chief justice sitting up there on the dais, like, wearing these robes. Yeah, I just pulled up an image here of Chief Justice William Rehnquist, who, uh, when he was overseeing the Clinton trial, has this black robe with four gold stripes on each sleeve, which I guess dials it up a bit. Yeah, maybe. Well, I guess we'll have to see, like, what fashion choices, you know, um, Chief Justice Roberts makes. Yeah. Well, besides fashion, what kind of a role will Roberts play here? And what's an example of something that he might do in that role? Well, he will be able to preside over the floor and kind of keep order. And I think if senators or defense or the prosecutors offer motions or, you know, objections, he can rule on them. But... We just don't know really yet too much about how Roberts will approach it. We do know more about how the prosecution is going to operate because those prosecutors are some of the people who brought the charges, a group of members of the House of Representatives who will be called the House Managers. Most likely Adam Schiff will be one of those. He's the House Intelligence Chairman who ran, you know, most of the fact-finding hearings on the House side, and he is a former prosecutor So he's definitely someone who knows his way around a courtroom. And then there'll be, you know, a handful, most likely, of other people on his team who, you know, have been involved in this process. And the defendant is obviously President Trump. Right. Is he going to sit? I can't imagine he's going to sit there like they normally do in a courtroom. I don't think so, no. You know, the president's a television reality star. Like, part of him probably really would love this opportunity to, like, go before— the television cameras of the world watching and, you know, make his own case that he should be exonerated and this was all a setup and, you know, use the sort of structure of a trial to do that, especially with all eyes on it. So who's going to defend him? There's some information now that it might include, in addition to his defense team that he has at the White House, some people from the House GOP. So like some of the people who defended him during the House intelligence hearings, like House Republican Jim Jordan, you know, so we, we may end up seeing some faces returning from those early hearings and acting together with his lawyers at the White House to, like, present this case in the Senate. That's kind of a, a different take than we saw with Clinton. So those will be the two sides, the House members who are prosecuting the case and the president's defense team. And they'll make their arguments to the Senate. The way it looked under Clinton was, you know, both sides were given a certain number of hours. The prosecutors were given a certain number of hours to make their case on the floor. They presented video clips. There were some depositions that were done of witnesses that they were able to use clips from as well that were new depositions that were done for the Senate trial. And like in most trials, the case is presented to the people who will make the final decision. So the jury is the Senate. All 100 senators will act as jurors. 
and they'll be expected to be present and seated during the trial. The Senate floor has like 100 wooden desks, and those are where the senators will be sitting. You know, one of the things uh, Chuck Schumer said, we had an interview with him, was that... When you see the Chief Justice sitting in the chair with his, you know, august robes, when you see, you know, you hear your name called and you hear the charges read, your hair sort of stands on it. And Dianne Feinstein said something similar to us this week, that there's, it's very hard not to take this duty very seriously when you're actually, in, like, in the moment. You may think you're approaching it kind of like, oh, whatever, this is just, you know, a rubber stamp exercise or something. But, you know, they were saying that it's extremely weighty experience to be there. And, and you know, it is very rare for all 100 senators to be assembled on the floor of the Senate at the same time. Maybe in movies <laughs> you see that happen, but in real life, it's pretty rare to see all 100 senators. Right. Um, I, I feel like a lot of times when you see footage of the Senate or the House and someone giving a speech, they zoom out and there's like nobody around and they're kind of just talking into an empty chamber. Yeah. During votes, the senators come and go, but they're not seated and sort of they're they're talking in groups and stuff or they're coming in and out. Mm -hmm. So this will be for me, like in all the years I've covered Congress, I don't think I've ever seen like all the hundred senators assembled. Another rare sight for Lindsay is that senators will be required to remain silent. There's a rule that senators aren't allowed to speak during the proceedings, so that'll be interesting. It might be, as McConnell likes to say, it might be hard for some people. <laughs> yeah. They will, however, say something at the very beginning of the trial. They'll take an oath enshrined in Senate rules. They will swear to uh, do impartial justice. Really? Yeah. So they so, have to sort of abandon their political, or they're supposed to at least abandon their political party? Is that what that's supposed to mean? I don't know. I think it says impartial justice. Um, Wait, hold on. I'm going to pull up the text of the oath here now. Uh, and it says, I solemnly swear that in all things appertaining to the trial of blank, in this case Donald Trump, now pending, I will do impartial justice according to the Constitution and laws, so help me God. I guess you could argue it could be a partisan and still be impartial when approaching the facts of the case. In fact, it was sort of a bit of a kerfuffle on Tuesday when Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell told reporters that... Uh, I'm not an impartial juror. This is a political process. There's not anything judicial about it. Impeachment is a political decision. The House made a <clears throat> partisan political decision to impeach. I would anticipate we will have a largely partisan outcome in the Senate. I'm not impartial about this at all. But it is a question, like, how you interpret that oath if we think that senators on either side can really truly be impartial or deliver impartial justice in this circumstance. Because both sides have their own political and strategic aims with the trial. And as much as we know about the rules and logistics, there are a lot of moves that senators haven't made yet, moves that will shape how this all turns out. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Natrol. Natrol is America's number one drug-free sleep aid brand, helping you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. Natrol melatonin gummies are made with clean ingredients, like 99% pure melatonin, to work with your sleep cycle, helping you sleep better, making the next day your best day. Natrol. Sleep tonight. Live tomorrow. Shop now at Natrol.com. This product helps with occasional sleeplessness. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent diseases. 
This episode of The Journal is brought to you by KPMG. At KPMG, we make the difference. It's not just something we say, it's what we do. We work closely with clients to uncover insights that illuminate opportunity, develop bold solutions that innovate industries, and create better outcomes driven by data. Brighter insights, bolder solutions, better outcomes. It's how our people make the difference. KPMG, make the difference. Welcome back. Specific rules for the Senate's impeachment trial are not yet set in stone. The length of the trial, the type of evidence that each side can put on the record, even something like when they can take a break. And this is where the gamesmanship begins. McConnell has said he would work with Schumer to come to some sort of agreement over the details for how the trial would work. But the two have very different visions. McConnell wants a short trial with no witnesses, just kind of each side presenting its case, written questions from the senators, and then moving to vote. McConnell is hoping that this sort of trial would quickly give the president a victory. But the Democrats are hoping to shift public opinion, which has been pretty evenly split on removing the president. I think they want to uncover new evidence. During the hearings in the Intelligence Committee and the Judiciary Committee, things seem to sort of like you know, stall for Democrats. They, I think they had been hoping there would be this wave of public opinion that would turn against the president or, you know, at least in swing states or among independents. And they, and they really haven't seen that. One way the Democrats are hoping to uncover new evidence to change the minds of the public is by including new witnesses, witnesses no one's heard from yet, witnesses that were blocked by the White House from testifying in the House impeachment process, even though they were subpoenaed. And right now, that's the main contention point between Schumer and McConnell. Schumer would say it's because it can't be a real trial without witnesses. And Mitch McConnell would say, well, if they wanted witnesses, they should have done that in the House. He's told his caucus the idea of witnesses was just introducing this element of uncertainty that could make lives harder for his, you know, members who are up for re-election and also raise the possibility of some unforeseen, you know, development that could kind of spin things out of control. And he called it mutually assured destruction in a closed-door meeting that we reported on. What about how long the trial lasts? Is that something that McConnell and Schumer are negotiating? Yes, that's part of the question. If there's no witnesses, I think McConnell is hoping it'll be over in a week or two. And, um, you know, the Clinton trial was more like six weeks. That was with some witnesses who were deposed on video. I think it could take longer, obviously, if there are witnesses. And I, and I think McConnell doesn't want that. What about the president? What does he seem to be asking for? There's been a lot of reporting, some of which we've done at the Journal, showing the president has said that he really wants to call witnesses himself. He would really like to have a big show that exonerates him and, you know, maybe even testify himself. But, you know, I think he respects Mitch McConnell's political acumen. So sounds to us like maybe he's coming around to this idea of a shorter trial. What Trump would really like is a short trial and witnesses. And I think Mitch McConnell has made it pretty clear that you can't have both. Right. And you've been speaking with a lot of Republican senators in the past few days. How would you describe where they stand? Do you think that they're all in pretty uniform support for the president? I mean, I think that there's a lot of frustration privately among senators, like, frankly, I mean, that, you know, the president 
is sometimes an unpredictable character and they get asked a lot to like justify or, you know, disavow things that he's said. And it can seem to be a distraction when they're trying to legislate. And I know there is some frustration, you know, privately among Republicans that they have to deal with that. But, you know, I think they also do really feel that this is a partisan process and that I think there's a strong feeling that the president was elected and that the Democrats are trying to remove a lawfully elected president and that they're the ones defending the Constitution under those circumstances. So, They may not, like, personally love Trump that much, but, you know, he also has more than 90 percent in a lot of polls or, like, upper 80 percent support among Republican voters. So very hard to break with him in this party. I mean, he owns the base. So I think that explains a lot of the way Republican senators act in public. There could be some disagreement over process, but I would be shocked, like Mitch McConnell, if there was enough Republican support to remove him from office, given what we know today. What role will moderate Republicans play in all this? I mean, I see them as potentially wielding some power uh, if they could team up together, like in a group of four or more senators, they could swing one way or the other. There's, you know, Mitt Romney of Utah, who's clashed with the president before, Senator Susan Collins of Maine, you know, who's up for re-election, and also Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. She voted against Kavanaugh's nomination, which was like a big deal. And then there's people like retiring Senator Lamar Alexander of Tennessee, who may be thinking about his legacy and the importance of keeping the institution of the Senate impartial and, you know, bipartisan. You know, those four senators could determine, you know, whether and what witnesses get called, for example. But we're unlikely to see them like, you know, knowing what we know today, I still think we're unlikely to see them voting to remove the president. Are there any Democratic senators to watch? Doug Jones of Alabama is, like, facing a really tough re-election battle. Joe Manchin of West Virginia sometimes, you know, doesn't vote with the party. Uh, but I think Democrats, like, my impression of Democrats, they're, they're more unified right now than, than Republicans. And the pressure's not on them as much because they're not the majority. They don't have the votes to, you know, control the situation. Obviously, President Trump wants to be acquitted in this trial. But what are his goals beyond that, do you think? I mean, from, you know, working with my colleagues who cover the White House, it seems that he doesn't just want to be acquitted. He wants to be vindicated and would like to expose that this was all a big conspiracy from the beginning and that the real people who are guilty, you know, allegedly are, you know, Joe Biden and his son and the corrupt people in Ukraine. I think that his preference would be to just kind of be able to really finally have his own defense when, you know, he didn't participate, even though he was invited to participate in some elements of the the House process, he decided not to. So this, you know, coming to the Republican-controlled Senate would be his opportunity to make his own case and have his day in court. We don't yet know when that day will be. There isn't an official start date for the trial at this point. It's expected to begin after the holidays, once the House presents the articles of impeachment to the Senate. And though it takes only a simple majority to approve the rules for the trial, in order to actually remove President Trump from office, 67 senators would need to vote for it. Which means even if every Democrat voted in favor, at least 20 Republicans would have to switch sides.
That's all for today, Wednesday, December 18th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like the show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.